Hi, everyone. Alone with our principals, we'll be off for Christmas break for the next couple of weeks. But uh, today and next week, we will be posting a re-release of prior episodes of our podcast. This week, we uh, repeat episode two with uh, principal of Juniper Elementary School, Teresa Kallenberger, as we talk about social media and branding. And we also discussed which Muppet would make the best kindergarten teacher. Hope you enjoy. Our next new episode will drop on January 5th, where we talk to Assistant Superintendent Robert McCollum and Hesperia Junior High School Principal Faisal Bell. See you then. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas, everyone. This is Alone with Our Principals, Episode 2. They think he's a righteous dude. Or, social media and branding. Our guest today is Teresa Kallenberger, Principal of Juniper Elementary School in Hesperia, California. Alone with Our Principals is unofficially sponsored by Juicy Juice Juice Boxes. For when you want to be a juice box hero with straws on the side. mess with the bully, young man. You'll get the horns. You've got a real attitude problem, looks like you're a slacker. So far this semester, he has been absent nine times. I'm the principal, man. All right, so how's everything going today, Teresa? It's a great day. It's good to be here at Juniper. Trying to get through the pandemic, getting ready for our, uh, continuing with our distance learning, getting ready for the cohorts, hopefully. There's a pandemic? Yeah, you might, you might not have heard. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> How could we forget? It's in all the papers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so it's good to be here. Um, we're going to start with the quiz. Wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. Bueller. Yeah, so this is technically our first episode with a with a uh, guest, um, so uh, we get to try this out and see how it flies. But yeah, so every episode when we have a guest, we will start out with our version of a quiz, and just uh, it's basically like three questions we ask just to help our audience out there get to know um, our special guest a little bit better. So again, um, our guest is Teresa Kallenberger, fellow principal, and so we will start with our first question. What is a funny or memorable story from when you were in school? So super excited to be the guinea pig here and answer your <laughs> questions this morning, but I'm very excited to be here. So thank you first off for having me on. Um, funny story, I was racking my brain because I was really just straight up nerd in school. So no, you, it's true. I know it's blowing <laughs> your mind right now. I mean, band president has come up once or twice. All right. True story, right? I was band president myself. Oh, look at that. Nerds. That's right. Be nice. Come on. Uh, but one of the stories that floats around in my family, which I deny most of the time, but I guess it was a true story. So I've grown up my whole life in Hesperia. I went to school all the way through from elementary, graduated from Sultana High School. So my very first day of kindergarten, this is just a story my mom tells. I don't believe it, but she claims it happened. <laughs> so I was very nervous, cried like every first day of school until I was a senior. So the first day of school comes, she takes me to school to meet the teacher, and she goes to pass me off to my lovely kindergarten teacher, and I bit the teacher's hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it, and I don't think it's true, because it doesn't sound like me, but she swears to this day, and she even wrote it in my yearbook when I was a senior about the day I 
attempted to take my teacher's hand. It was a lovely poem she wrote. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I bit my kindergarten teacher. A poem oh, about goodness. biting the teacher's hand. I would like to see the poem. First That's of all. right. Yes. And second of all, you know, so those out there that don't know, you know, in Hesperia, we are divided into cohorts of our own, right? right. So I have had the, the privilege and honor to work with Teresa, gosh, four and a half-ish years now on the east side of town. Has she ever are, bitten you? I have not been bitten yet, but there have been times when I have been afraid. So, you know, all I'm, snappy, all right? all I'm going to say is that this does not surprise me at all. Oh. I think it's highly plausible uh, because those of us that know and love Miss Kellenberger know that, um, yeah, she's a, she's a feisty one, but yes. we love her for it. So. Absolutely. Um, you know what? Kindergarten, first day kindergarten is, is quite the experience. I think every kindergarten teacher probably has the gut bit story. I would think so. And you know what rhymes with bit your teacher's hands? I don't know. President of the band. Absolutely. That's right. Way to bring that back yes, around, Teresa. Awesome. Band president, biter. Yeah. All right, there we go. All right, our second question on the quiz then, what is the best job that you've had outside of education? So I had to think about this one because my first real, real job was a kindergarten teacher, <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> um, and I was 21 when I got hired. So oh, before wow. that, I was a babysitter. I loved babysitting. I was a house cleaner. I cleaned the people's houses that I babysat for. But then there was this tiny moment in time where I was walking over by the old Walmart and there was a t-shirt store that was hiring. And I walked in and I filled out an application. I think I was 18. And so for a very small moment in time, I learned how to fold t-shirts really well. And I was a cashier slash t-shirt. What was the coolest t-shirt that your store sold? They were all off brand. Like oh, okay. They would have the brand, but they were off brand. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> like those five for ten kind yes, of oh there you exactly. go all right. you could wear them once and they basically disintegrated yes. you know you wash them and yeah, it was so like you so you'd have any color so you'd have brands right. like fruit of the boom <laughs> you know beans exactly <laughs> <laughs> five yes, for ten exactly. bucks that's you right know, can't beat sizes. that so very uninteresting but i do fool the mean t-shirt there you go she always looks freshly pressed so now yes. we know why yeah because everything is folded <laughs> to a T. To, oh, look at that. Nice. We need a, we need a, a high hat. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so <laughs> this is getting painful. On to question three. <laughs> so the third question and final question in our quiz for our special guest is, so tell us about a skill or talent or maybe even a hobby that you have that might surprise your students um, or your colleagues here at Juniper. Or... All right, a hobby. I do occasionally run. But one of the things I took up about two years ago was hiking. I never really enjoyed being outdoors and hiking, but then I got it in my head. Um, one time I was in Lone Pine and there was a t-shirt shop and there was a t-shirt that said, I hiked Mount Whitney. And I really liked it because it was a beautiful shirt, but you can't buy a t-shirt if you don't do the hike. So I decided I was going to set that as a goal and someday hike Mount Whitney. And then with some pressure from some friends, they applied for the permit because you have to have the permit and it was the one day where you had to just get up and down the mountain in one day and we actually got it and there was a group of i think eight of us who were going to do this hike in the end it was one other person that i had never met and then we put my husband in and we hiked mount whitney which is the highest peak in the lower 48. that is awesome and did you get the t-shirt you know I did. Because yes. I heard that there's a place in Hesperia that used to sell t-shirts, and I think you probably could have had them make uh, I Hiked Mount Whitney, except yes. they wouldn't have been able to call it Mount Whitney. It would have been like Whitney or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no. No, but no? I did have to pay for the shirt. I do think that if you hike 
You should no, get it. You should you get it. Someone should yeah. be standing at the finish line, like clapping and cheering, and have a shirt. How'd you like to have to work at the t-shirt shop at the top of Mount Whitney? That would be kind of weird. It would be awesome. Is there anything at the top deal. of Mount Whitney? I don't There's know. There's a hut. There's a nice little <laughs> hut out there. Well, there it could be go. a t-shirt shop. That's right. <laughs> and at that point, you buy the shirt that says, I made it to the top of yeah. Mount Whitney. Yeah. Exactly. When you get back down, you get the other yeah. shirt. The, yeah. the top finished. wasn't so bad. When you are you got a mission, you're going, you're going, it's coming down. Do you know if you go all the way up, you still have to go all the way back down? Yeah. Nobody talks Nobody about tells that. you that. There's no it escape. Was so, uh, <laughs> it was hard, yeah. Where's the bus down? Very impressive. Uh, all right, so that'll bring us to today's topic. Uh, we're going to talk about branding and social media. Um, and just to kind of set that up, a few years ago at our All District In-Service, we had a presenter, Joe Sanfilippo, from Fall Creek, Wisconsin. And the one thing that he said that's kind of stuck in my head is, if you don't tell your story other people will and it's not usually going to be the story that you want to tell so i know from seeing juniper's social media uh that it's something that you take seriously and your staff takes seriously so why don't you tell us about um the success you've had here absolutely so right before joe came and did our pre-service or all district in service i had picked up the book hacking leadership and it was one of those books we read a ton of books as administrators it was one of those books that you could read a little bit and then you could implement something and the first chapter was so powerful because it is about telling your story and as a new principal, I didn't quite embrace the social media, the power of social media. I was more nervous about it because if you post a picture and someone says something, so I was really hesitating, but knew that it was something I needed to grow, an area I needed to grow in. Picked up that book and it was so, it spoke to me, it was very simple. If I have a story to tell, I need to be the one to tell it, otherwise other people are making assumptions about our school here. So I embraced it and then came up with a plan that it was important to post every single day the amazing things that are happening at Juniper. And there truly were. It was actually shocking and surprising to me because I knew there were wonderful things happening on the daily, but when I got out there with my camera, every day I was inundated with positive news stories. So I could walk into any classroom and there's a great kid sitting on the carpet with a, a chicken reading a book, <laughs> a true story. Or you could go out to the playground and you can capture a moment of, a, a really great sincere conversation between a student and a proctor so it opened my eyes and it helped open everyone's eyes because then they were looking for these moments to send to tell our story too and so that's just how it started yeah and we found that uh you know it's really important to establish your school's identity and to build a brand because what what's going on at juniper or what your community feels might be different from at eric's school or at my school or really at any school in in the district or or throughout the country um what do you think, Eric? Um, you know, how did you get buy-in from your staff uh, when you when you got, uh, first of all got to your school and then continuing on, uh, along with your branding? Uh, you know what? I, I like what Teresa said. I, I read the Hacking Leadership book. We all heard, you know, Joe was very charismatic and talking yeah. about building your brand. And and I was going to say what you said is just that idea that you know somebody's going to tell the story of your school. And if you want that story to be accurate, then you want to be the person to get that word out. And so, and also understanding that in this, in this day and this time that we're living in right now, that social media is that platform that our parents, our community, our kids, they're all using it. They're not going to our website. They're going to our, they're going yeah. to our Instagram and our Twitter and our mm -hmm. Facebook and Snapchat, if you have that and TikTok and these kinds of things. So, um, you know, for me, once I kind of had that, that little, that flip in my brain, I think Teresa talked about it, it's kind of like it just re she realized there's that moment you realize this is something we have to do. And I like that she said, you know, there's an inherent fear with that. Cause it's like, gosh, you know, what if I post the wrong thing? Or right. what if I say the wrong thing? Or what if I post something that somebody didn't want post? And sometimes you just got to go. 
Yeah. You just got to kind of get over the fear yeah. and like, you know what, this is good for kids. It's good for our community. We're going to tell a positive story. And you just go. And surprisingly now, you know, what am I into year four-ish of, of having social media for our school site? That, you know, there's times when you have to, you know, re-examine things or kind of pull back a little bit. But 99% of it has been well-received, positive, um, and, you know, just being able to tell that story. And kind of like Teresa said, you know, we've had um, the more you do it, the more the staff kind of just organically latches onto that because they see it and they see the way that it builds positive. And, you know, right now we really haven't talked much about it. We mentioned the word pandemic, but it's become even more important, I think, right now because we don't have our kids and our families in our office on our campus every day to see what's happening. So in some ways it's even more critical right now that we continually share that message because there's a lot of negativity out there right now. Yeah, and you have to continue to build a connection when you don't have uh, some of your staff and you don't have any of your kids on campus. Um, The only way to really keep the connection and really to keep your school's identity uh, is to be able to reach out through social media and things like that. uh, yeah, and when, once you establish what's your identity at our school, we're, we're trying to go for a feeling of co- uh, connection, for building a sense of belonging, and then having fun. Now, it, it, and it might be different from school to school. There's some schools that are very business-like and they do fun things, but there's other schools that really focus on um, the engagement and the fun stuff um, while taking education seriously, obviously. Um, but whatever you decide and you and your staff work together that you want the tone of your school to be, that's got to be consistent on the social media. And that's a lesson I learned from, um, ironically enough, I'm a big sports fan, the Los Angeles Kings, uh, Facebook and their Twitter. Um, If you go to the LA Kings team page, it's mostly uh, factual. It'll be a game story. It'll be their schedule or something like that. They don't do a lot of um, silliness, but their mascot does a lot of silly things. Bailey, the big lion, he's got his own social media account. Now he's the one that'll trash talk other teams uh, throughout things like that. Um, But it's important uh, for the Kings to keep those things separately because you don't want to water down the main content that's coming out from the front office, but you still want to engage your fans in a way that's fun. And I think that it's important for us at schools to have to kind of limit the contributors to your social media because if you have 18 different people it's going to be different writing styles different tone a different yeah. feeling to it um, so it's really important that whatever your message is that it's coming across in the same way what do you guys think about that I agree I think that you know um, I, there's an evolution to it though you know I, I we're all principals so we're very data driven right and if you look at the data that you get from the metrics you can get from Facebook mm-hmm. Instagram it'll tell you what people are looking at. It'll tell you what they're spending most of their time on. I mean, it, it, it could be just as simple as looking at the likes you're getting in the comments, but also looking at the visits to your page. And I've used that to kind of help shape what my social media is about. For example, like I'm posting more videos of myself. I know I think I saw you do one recently. Mm-hmm. It's very out of my comfort zone. It's not something I necessarily like to do and putting myself out there. But at the end of the day, the families are really appreciating hearing directly from me, seeing right. my face, even if it's a 30 second video, just saying, you know, hope you guys had a great week. Or, or your joke of the day, your joke of the day, your jokes of the day are it's, amazing. It's something that, <laughs> that just the data has told me that they like that. They appreciate yeah. it. So we need to keep doing it and mixing in the informational pieces. Cause it's still nice to be able to share out those things, but also mixing that in with just a lot of the fun and sharing about the kids and the positive referrals. And that's the stuff the families seem to really gravity right it's nice that you can use that to see what what our families are looking for so for for us you get a lot of traction if you put kids in those pictures yes if you have some fun with them or if you have a consistent focus that they're looking at so we tried different times of the day of when to post and found that there was a better time of the the day to 
sending out your posts. So what did you find about that? I haven't even thought about that. If you that. send it in the morning, you're not going to get a lot. Okay. Even early afternoon, nobody's really looking through and spending time. Maybe they're flipping through, but they're not spending any amount of time on Facebook. You're just kind of browsing at that mm. point. But if you send it out, and we found that between five and six kids are home, things have already been done, and then the parents are looking, and the students, some of them are looking too. It was later in the afternoon, that's when we got the highest level of, of engagement for it. Interesting. If you have a great picture that goes with it, yeah. if you have something that you're celebrating that goes with it, and if it's daily and consistent, they're looking for it. So it really helps use that information myself. Mm -hmm. That's that's good. That's yeah. good information. What are some of the things that you do like uh, every week or every couple of weeks? Because uh, I know we all have our little niche. Like Eric, I know you do your joke of the day regularly. Uh, do you have any regular features at Juniper? We we've kind of evolved over time from our first year when we were really heavily focused on literacy. So all of the pictures, all of the content videos, anything was really based on finding students who are reading or engaging reading workshops, whatever it was. There was a literacy focus. Over time, it's we've kind of molded, and then um, once COVID hit, it was I wanted to make sure it was still daily. It was novel because you wanted them checking it. So that's when we started Calumbert requests. Um, so you had to keep it going, and then trickle in some information through there as well. And then now it's now that there's not as many students and staff on campus, we've had to rethink what it's going to look like, and we've actually made a plan. It sounds strange but we've made a plan where we're going to highlight staff on a certain day of the week we're going to highlight distance learning and the amazing things that are happening out there with screenshots and pictures of that one day a week we're going to do videos one day a week we're going to do our student of the week recognition on another day so we've actually mapped out the things that are important to us to make sure that we're still telling our story we've mapped it out even though schools are in distance learning model yeah and it's nice for the families to have something if there's something that interests them they almost look yeah. forward to it to have them talking about the joke of the day mm -hmm. or the staff spotlight if they want to meet new ones right. uh, some of the ones that we do at our school uh, we do our, our Friday night read aloud is something that we've we've been doing for a while um, and we're building uh, the viewership on that I think I like your idea because I've been posting them like at, at two or three in the afternoon but now I think I'm gonna wait a little bit later in the evening to do that we have try. we have our staff to record the read aloud and they put them in a in a Google folder uh, so then we've got like a stockpile that'll take us probably up till Christmas at this point. But we do the Friday night read alouds. We have a Monday motivation where um, I'll use Adobe Spark and create a nice graphic about a, a positive motivational quote. We do that every Monday. Um, then we'll do contests and surveys and things like that too. So um, what, what about it by mine? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think like Teresa said, it's, it's been an evolution, especially the last six months or so, because um, I, I'll be honest, I am not as prescriptive where I've been able to kind of map out on these days because quite honestly, right now, I'm, I'm pretty much the one that's posting most of the content on there. Yeah. So it's kind of like I do it when I can, right. <laughs> yeah. when I have time, but right. you know, um, so at least it's getting out there, but we have, we're doing some of the Friday Night Relouds. I also have a folder where, where staff members, because right now it's really easy because our teachers are doing a lot of that anyway. Right. So it's like, if you record a book, just share it with me. Mm -hmm. um, as long as you're comfortable with me sharing it out and our librarians jumped in on that. Um, but we're doing those on Fridays. I've all, I'm also doing a Monday motivation uh, quote, things like that. Um, but other than that, it's kind of like just looking at, um, you know, what the needs are for that week. And, and I, I'm finding that if I can kind of like, you know, post, post, you know, we're doing positive referrals, which is a really sim simple thing. But, you know, um, my staff mentioned their day, they, they said, you know, these are really for the parents. Yeah. Because if you look at a child who is logging on every day, they're, they're participating, they're doing their work, they're checking in with the teacher behind that kid there's probably a supportive grandma father mother aunt uncle somebody who's making sure that they're doing those things and so the, the biggest benefit to that is we po we we call the parent 
and just tell them this is what the teacher said about your child and then we let them know we're going to post it on Facebook yeah. too so now we're getting a lot of new followers these are parents like oh you have a Facebook page yeah mm -hmm. they will follow they will set up an account just to see their child they'll let their relatives post know it, like yeah. it post a comment yep. tag their relatives so in some ways something very simple is exploding our viewership because they are they're willing to go that extra mile like you said to see their kid yeah. it's they're worth it to see that one yeah. post about what their teacher said about their kid and telling all their friends yeah. so it, it's kind of cool but that's something that we're doing just right now as a way to kind of build that and, and you know connect with families yeah and and i think we would encourage all principals and administrators and teachers use social media use it for good not evil there's a lot of negativity mm -hmm. out in the world right now um and a lot of it filters through social media so the more that we can do through our schools uh, to tell our story uh, and to get positivity out there, I think that's that's in our best interest. So, well, you know, one of the other things too, I'll add them. You know, we can move on, but you know, every once in a while, I'm sure you guys experience this too. But you'll get that one comment or that one message in the inbox that isn't so positive. Right. But that, I'm okay with that because at least it gives me a connection with that parent right. or that community member to, to, to respond and say, yeah. "Hey, give me a this, Mr. Lang, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about this." Well, it's better um, that they address it with you than just don't say anything and then go. As long as they're being respectful and they're right. really trying to solve a problem, but right. yeah, it, it's, sure. it's and that's it's, normally the exception to the rule. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ninety-nine yeah. percent of it is so amazingly positive, and I I find myself watching other school sites videos as well. I love watching when we go out to homes or at Eucalyptus. You guys are going out and you get the live. Oh, narrative yeah. going yeah, on in the yeah. cars you're getting up to their house I thrive off of that I think it's brilliant I think it's fun and they're not even mine but no we all steal from each other and it. you know Best educators yes. yeah you know beg borrow and steal that was like my first mm -hmm. year teaching I was told you're gonna get really good at begging borrowing and stealing yeah yep. and to this day I'm still yeah well we all we all do there's a lot of great ideas all right so uh, thank you that was a great discussion on social media mm -hmm. um, and Teresa since you did so well on the quiz we're going to come up with what we call, this is a new feature here, it's called the extra credit. Can't be funny and be the principal of a prep school. This is just going to be some random goofy question that we ask every week. So, so what does she get for extra credit? For extra credit, um, I don't know. Starbucks? I the nerd. A++. There you go, you get A++. <laughs> yeah, but I'll take Starbucks. And, and, a free, and, a, and a free homework pass. Yes. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. So the extra credit question today is which of the Muppets would make the best kindergarten teacher? And we're all going to answer this one, but we'll let you as the guest, Teresa, oh. you can go first. All right. So, and when we say Muppets, we can use the Muppet Show, we can use Sesame Street, any of the official Jim Henson Muppets. This, yeah, this was a, a series of contention between you and I yesterday. Eric because, and I almost came to blows over well, this yesterday. you know, like <laughs> as we're preparing for episodes, Chris is, is, is much better with, with the memory side of remembering movies and quotes and I think I'm pretty good. He, he takes it up a notch. So when he texts me and says, hey, which Muppet would be a good kindergarten teacher? My first step is I Google like Muppet characters just to remind myself, right? Yes. Well, Sesame Street Muppet characters don't show up in your traditional right. Muppet search. But that's where the Muppets started. Right, I think right. my text said, dude, Sesame Street invented the Muppets. Well, I'm like, of course I know Bert and Ernie. <laughs> and, well, and right. They're Muppets. Muppets. They're official so, Muppets. They're yeah. not off now. Sid and Marty Croft, that's the off-brand. Those aren't Muppets. Those are puppets of other Sigmund the Sea Monsters. You're probably too young, Kallenberger, aren't you? Oh. All right. I'll be over here. So like, you might be too young. I might be. Oh, there you go. That's the right idea. Okay. All right. So you've had time to think, Mrs. Kallenberger. All right. Which Muppet would be the best so kindergarten many good teacher? choices, but for kindergarten, and I'm with Land on this, there's Muppets and then there's Sesame Street. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Gonzo. Gonzo, he's, he's, explain. Gonzo's great. Man of the people. <laughs> uh, he, everybody can relate to him because he's wonky and wacky. It's true. Uh, for kindergartners, he's constantly trying to hurt himself, and you know how much they love to laugh. So he's <laughs> tripping on himself or shooting himself out of.
out of a cannon, they're going to love that. They're going to eat that up. They're going to be engaged, and their attention is going to be right there with them. Okay. I, I think he could teach from a motorcycle. I'm pretty sure. Up <laughs> a ramp and down a ramp. He could get a lesson going with that. And he could teach from a catapult. Anywhere he needs to go. And to top it off, he's hysterical. And he laughs at himself. And he makes others laugh. And I think in kindergarten, we need more of that. So I think Gonzo would Those be are amazing. great qualities yeah, of a kindergarten teacher. He's a bit teacher. of a daredevil, isn't he? I, yeah. I forget. He but he, I, I, I forgot about the motorcycle. The helmet. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Oh, and here at Juniper, I forgot, Gonzo loves chickens. And we tend that's to have right. chickens here at Juniper on the regular. So Gonzo <laughs> would be hired here. He, he, he would fit. All would right. Be. So Gonzo. He be a Jaguar. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There you go. All right, Eric, what do you think? Who's your Muppet? God, this one was hard. So as I said yesterday, I, I had one answer. And then when, when Chris expanded my horizons and with this dude, Sesame Street <laughs> has Muppets too. I was like, right. oh, that's true. So, you know, I hearken back to my days with my own three kids when they were, gosh, I don't know, two to five-ish. And watching Sesame Street and the Muppets and all that, and immediately I thought of Elmo. Because, you know, Elmo, I mean, his voice alone, his high-pitched voice, kids are going to, kids kids dig on that. I, I still think back to, when, you know, my kid's watching Elmo's World, and although I'm not going to sing for you, uh, you know, Elmo's World's theme song, he loves his crayons <laughs> and his goldfish. I mean, how much more kindergarten can you get? Crayons and goldfish, there crayons you go. goldfish. Yeah. He loves his crayons and his goldfish, too. So, uh, you know, and he also had his friend, Mr. Noodle. I'm, I'm going way back to Elmo's yeah. World. So if you've ever watched Elmo's I World, you know, Mr. That. Noodle was like his sidekick. So he almost had like his own paraprofessional in with him <laughs> that could help him out. But, uh, you know, high pitched voice. He's sweet. He's loving. Um, you know, he teaches potty etiquette and all the things that we want our <laughs> kindergartners to know. See, I and, feel like he's more of a kindergartner. You would have yeah, a hard time establishing yeah. himself. You have to set boundaries and like classroom right. management. But, um, <laughs> you know, from the perspective, the kids would love it. I mean, the kids would love it. I don't know. I don't know how much teaching he would actually get accomplished. Right. But, um, you know, for all the reasons I mentioned, loving, sweet, adorable, and he loves crayons. So Elmo. Elmo's my choice. All right. Well, I've given this some thought here. So I'm going to kind of work backwards on this one through process of elimination before we get to my choice. Uh, obviously, we're going to need somebody that's creative and fun and kind that's going to engage the kids. So right away, we can eliminate a few. Sure. And as much as I love Gonzo, everything that you said, Teresa, the motorcycle, the chickens, oh, the explosions, stuff. Gonzo and Grover would both be incredible risk management issues. I mean, you, you can't have an exploding cannon in the kindergarten classroom. I've always said that. Now, um, all right, so eliminating Grover and Gonzo for the risk management issues, that brings us to the next thing. A kindergarten teacher needs to enunciate, needs to use language properly, uh, needs to be able to be understood by all of the students because they're learning to master the English language as well. So now we can eliminate Animal, we can eliminate Beaker, we can eliminate Cookie Monster, the Swedish Chef, I mean, and even to an extent Elmo. Elmo does not use pronouns. Now that might be good at first, but I mean, if we hire any of them, the Chef, Animal, any of those that I mentioned, if we hire any of them for a kindergarten teacher, the first grade speech IEPs would be piling up like nobody's business. Yeah, you gotta think it through. I mean, right. Cookie Monster, C is for cookie. Well, that's good I mean, enough for me. Awareness, right? I exactly. mean, but what happens yeah. When he gets R? That's right. Yeah. R is for rutabaga. Yeah. That's... Maybe we just bring him in as a special guest. Yeah, there you go. When we get to see, you know, we bring in Cookie Monster. Right. So now we have to look at demeanor. Um, you don't want anybody the cr cranky, crotchety that's going to upset the kids. So now Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch, I think, would be great for like eighth grade history. But for kindergarten, I don't know. Um, the old guys from the Muppet Balcony. 
Statler and Waldorf, named after New York hotels, the more you know. Yeah, they're hecklers. I mean, you don't want them heckling kindergartners. But the co-teaching model would be amazing. We'll get to that. I I agree (laughs) with you, but we'll get to the co-teaching in a a minute because there there are characters from the Muppet world that co-teaching would be outstanding. Um, And Miss Piggy, I think, you know, as... You know, as outgoing and bubbly as she is, she's a performer. But if she snaps and hi yas a kindergarten teacher or a kindergartner, we're, we're in trouble. She's borderline inappropriate. Exactly. All right. So who does that leave us with? Um, getting back to your co-teaching, I think Bert and Ernie uh, would, be, would be in the sure. running for this. Um, you know, Ernie could be fun and engaging while Bert would be more serious. In fact, I've worked with two teachers at a previous site that team taught, and we're very reminiscent of Bert and Ernie. You know who you are if you're listening. Um, <laughs> Uh, we haven't mentioned him yet, but I think Kermit the Frog would be outstanding. Yes. He tends to fluster, but I think he'd be a good choice. Um, Big Bird, a little bit clumsy, but then again, so are some kindergarten teachers. It's true. Wouldn't be the first that I've seen. We didn't mention him yet. Sam the Eagle. Uh, you know, if you want to come from a history perspective, wow. I, I think Sam is very eloquent. Um, but I've got a teacher and a runner-up. The runner-up we're going to bring in for special lessons. But I think if I'm hiring a kindergarten teacher, I'm going with Fozzie Bear. Nice. Now, Fozzie. Waka Waka. Waka Waka. He's got his stand-up comedy. He's engaging. He's fun. The kids would love him. He's a teddy bear. He's so soft. Yes. Yes. He's a teddy bear. Literally a teddy bear. Um, so I, he's my kindergarten teacher. Fozzie would be fun. He's smart enough. He, you know, he writes his own material mostly. Um, so he has those skills. Now, I think once you have him, every so often, if you need a lesson, you got to bring in the count. Obviously. I mean, absolutely. I mean, even him taking role. One, one kindergarten student. Ah, ah, ah. Two, two wonderful students. It would take them all day just to take role. It would, but they'd learn to count. They're in kindergarten. And it would get done. All right. So there we have it. We've got Fozzie Bear, we've got Gonzo, and we've got Elmo for our the dream team for kindergartners. All right. Well, that will about wrap us up for today. Teresa, anything you want to add? Thank you again for being with us. This was was this was awesome. Thank you for having me. It it was a pleasure. It was more fun than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, Good stuff. All right. And and for those of you listening, we are now available on iTunes, on Stitcher and on the Podbean app. So look for us, give us a rating, a review, and uh, subscribe. That We would appreciate that. Get the word out. So thank you. Eric, anything else? No, no, thank you. This was fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to doing this with guests because it uh, yeah. certainly adds a, a unique dynamic. It's more than just show. us. Don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook. There you go. Twitter. Juniper (laughs) Elementary, uh, Eucalyptus Elementary, and Lime Street Elementary are our three schools. So look us up. Let's tell our story. It's a good one. You're still here? It's over. Go home.